few years ago when I had the opportunity to um, uh, lead a parish pilgrimage to um, the Holy Land. One of the places that um, we got to visit was um, we had some free time in Bethlehem, and so they uh, so we ended up going down to um, this uh, small uh, Carmelite uh, monastery, and uh, there's. Uh, the, the saint that established it, uh, her name is uh, Saint Miriam of Jesus Crucified. And if you never studied her life or learned about her, it, it's really uh, quite fascinating, just all the mystical experiences and, and things that, that happened to her during the course of her life. But uh, when she was growing up, I think she was about 13 years old, her uncle had pledged her in marriage um, to, um, to a certain certain man, as was the custom of the time. And uh, she had this interior sense that, that Jesus wanted her to be consecrated completely to him. And so, so she refused the marriage, and her um, uncle um, uh, treated her very, very poorly after that. And, and so she was, she was very, um, um, she was very uh, discouraged and despondent. And so she wrote... A letter to her brother, who was living in Nazareth with other family members. Their their parents had died, and um, just kind of describing it. So that the um, the the messenger that she sent, uh, I think they were in Alexandria at the time. The messenger uh, Egypt uh, that um, she um, uh, sent it with. Um, he uh, wanted to take advantage of her, and so she refused his advances, and so he ends up. Um, uh, cutting her throat with a knife, and um, she uh, he left her. He threw her in an alley and left her for dead. And um, she doesn't know uh, how uh, she got there, but she remembers waking up in this in this cave. And she has uh, while she's there, she has this this she has a vision, a mystical vision of heaven and um, all the saints. But while she's in the cave, there's this. Um, she called her a nun dressed in blue and that um, stitched up her throat and um, and um, and nursed her back to her health. She gave her some, this, one of the things that she remembered was this really good soup that she gave her <laughs> and that uh, later on when she was dying, um, she was she was actually talking about the soup because that was a, but that's a whole other story. Um, the, uh, but um, it is believed that uh, it was the actually the Blessed Mother that uh, that nursed her back to health, and so uh, later on, when they had um, she, she had this horrible jagged scar on her throat the rest of her life, and when they did medical uh, analysis, they there was like there was a cartilage ring missing, and 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 all this other and doctors were like she was examined by this one atheist doctor who says there's no way that she should have been able to survive this, um, but anyway, she uh, eventually she makes her way to makes her way to France, she becomes a nun, and, and then ultimately goes back to the Holy Land to establish this convent. And like I said, they, there, there are a number of, um, um, she had the stigmata, there are there a number of, um, of fascinating uh, mystical experiences that she had during the course of her life. Uh, but the reason I was thinking about her this morning is that there, in the Magnificat, there's a beautiful, and there's a beautiful um, uh, reflection uh, that she wrote on the Holy Spirit. Because as you know, we celebrate today the feast day of, of Pentecost. 
And so she writes, This morning I was feeling low in spirits because I did not feel the presence of God. It seemed to me that my heart was like iron. I could not think of God. I invoked the Holy Spirit, saying, It is you who made it made us it is you who made us know Jesus. The apostles spent a long time with him without ever comprehending him. But the fire you sent down on them made them understand him. You will also make me understand him. Come my consolation, come my joy, come my peace, my strength, my light. Come give me the light to find the spring where I can quench my thirst. One ray of your light is enough to show me Jesus as he is. I ask for no other learning, no other wisdom than knowledge of how to find Jesus and the wisdom of remaining with him. O most Holy Spirit, when you sent forth the ray of light, the disciples were transformed. They were no longer what they had been before, but their strength had been renewed. Offering sacrifices became easy. Then they got to know Jesus better than they had ever known him when he was among them. Source of peace and light, come and enlighten me. I am hungry, come and feed me. I am poor, come and enrich me. Holy Spirit, I abandon myself to you. And so just as um, the thing that really kind of struck me about, about her meditation, again, in, in the context of the, of the peace day today, is this, this, this prayer and, and this desire for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in her own life. And here's somebody who's already consecrated to God. She's had all these mystical experiences. You think, man, she's got it made. You know, you think you'd be, she'd be on like cloud nine all the time. But no, here she is. Uh, this morning, feeling low in spirits, not, not feeling the presence of God, seeming that her heart is made of iron, could not think of God. And so, so what does she do during those times of, of what it, during this time of desolation? She's, she's reaching out to the Holy Spirit. She's reaching out to God uh, in faith, because sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes we don't sense the presence of God around us. Sometimes we don't uh, experience his presence. Uh, like, think about the apostles in the upper room. They're, they're up there with the Blessed Mother. They're, they're experiencing Jesus has gone up to heaven again, and now it's kind of probably some of those fears and doubts are starting to creep in again. You know, what are we going to do? You know, he was just, you know, we uh, saw him die. We, you know, went through that whole traumatic experience. We came back. Now he's alive. Now, and he's, he's appearing to us. Okay, this is great. And then now he's gone again. And it's like, oh, man, what do we do? So now they're, they're up in this upper room hiding for, what does it say, for fear of the Jews? You know, because they fear that, uh, that they may be um, taken into custody or arrested or something like that. And so, so what are they doing? They're praying. With the blessed mother, they're praying. They have this this ten days that they're from from the time of the ascension to, to Pentecost that they're praying. Praying for what? Praying for the Holy Spirit. And so, so what what Miriam is is doing? She's tying her experience of this this time of desolation. She's tying that to the experience of the apostles. Because what happened? You know, even when they were with Jesus, they didn't. She said, you know, they didn't really know him. You know, they, he was telling them all this stuff, and they, they just didn't quite get it, didn't quite connect with them. But it was only, in, in, even after the resurrection, even after the ascension, they're still trying to put all this together. But then when that, that Holy Spirit comes, when we have that, that, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, 
They were all in one place and suddenly there came a strong driving wind and it filled the entire house and there appeared tongues as a fire which parted and came to rest on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. So now they, they, they've received this gift of Christ into their life, but now that Spirit has come upon them and they've been, it's, it's been unleashed. It's been un, that gift that they've been given is now unfolded. It's, it's been unlocked. And now the, the Spirit sends them out and they begin to proclaim boldly. They no longer have this fear, but they begin to proclaim boldly the kingdom of God. And, and everybody is, they're, they're kind of, they're astounded. There's like, what's going on here? Aren't these the people that were hiding? Aren't they afraid? But they boldly proclaim because they're filled with that gift of the Spirit that enables them to go out. And they proclaim the gospel. And, and, and they each, you know, they, they, they go and they give witness to the point of shedding their blood. They, you know, even, even John, the, one that, the only one that died in natural death, he was boiled in oil. So he, he could have died at martyr's death. But he was preserved for that. But, again, they, they, they have received this gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and they go out and they're filled with the Spirit and they're able to proclaim that. The, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so what, is this, what does this show us? What does St. Miriam teach us? What, what is this, this reading of the gospel, or the, the, from the Acts of the Apostles, what does that teach us? Well, it teaches us that we too may experience those times in our life where we're struggling. We may experience those times in our life where we're not experiencing the presence of God in our life, where, we're not, where we don't feel, where we don't sense Him, where we don't have that, that time of consolation. And it can be easy for us just to, you know, just to want to get up, give up, or just not to, to engage in that all. But, but what our faith enables us then to do is, is to, like Miriam, and, and like the apostles, is to reach out to the Spirit and to pray just that, that beautiful, that beautiful get, uh, that prayer. Come Holy Spirit. Latin, veni Sancte Spiritus. I will pray that, um, when we, when we pray the sequence. Veni Sancti Spiritus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Come and fill me with your presence. And that, that's ultimately what, what we want because the, the Spirit is what, what gives us life. It's the Spirit that enables us to give testimony to Christ. It is the Spirit that, that, that gives meaning to our utterly meaningless human existence. And it, and it is the Spirit, when the Spirit comes upon us, that, that transforms us. It transforms our experiences, transforms our sin, transforms our suffering into something beautiful. That give, give witness and testimony to the kingdom of, and, and the power of God in our life. So, so this, this sequence that, that we pray uh, after the gospel on, on Pentecost, come Holy Spirit, come. And from your celestial home, or before the gospel, excuse me, come Holy Spirit, come. And from your celestial home, shed a ray of light divine. We want to be enlightened. Come Father of the poor. We're all poor because of sin. Come source of all of our sore. Come within our bosom, shine. You have comforters best. You the soul's most welcome, welcome guest. Inviting the spirit into our lives. Sweet refreshment here below. In our labor, labor, rest most sweet. Grateful coolness in the heat. Solace in the midst of woe. When we're working in, for the kingdom of God, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we get tired. 
Sometimes we get discouraged, but it is the spirit that refreshes us. Solace in the midst of woe, O most blessed light divine, shine within these hearts of yours and in our inmost being, fill, fill us up with your grace. Fill us up with that power of your love. Fill us with your sevenfold gifts. You, where, you, where you are not, we have not. Nothing good indeed or thought. Nothing free of taint or ill. So without the Spirit, we're nothing. We can do nothing. Nothing free. Nothing free. Uh, heal our wounds, strength renew. Our dryness on our uh, pour your dew. Wash away the uh, stains of guilt away. Bend the stubborn heart and will. Melt the frozen, warm the chill. Guide the hearts that go astray. So even in our sin, we're, we're asking for the Spirit to to remove our sin, to transform our sin, and to lead us back to the path of God. Guide the steps that go astray on the faithful who adore and confess you evermore in your sevenfold gift descend. So those gifts of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel, piety, fortitude, fear the Lord, fill us up so that we can build up, we can be sanctified, that we can go out and build up the community of the faithful. Give them virtue, sure reward. Give them your salvation, Lord. Give them joys that never end. Amen. Alleluia. And so this is all ordered to our ultimate fulfillment in Christ. And not only us, but those around us that we are called to minister to. And to build up the kingdom of God through those gifts of the Spirit so that we may all enter into that one family of God and live forever in that promise of our Lord. So let us pray on this Pentecost Sunday. Veni Sancte Spiritus, come Holy Spirit, and, and fill us with the gift of your love so that we truly, like blessed, like St. Miriam, like the apostles, we may give witness to that spirit of Christ in our lives.